before I begin, I want to clear up a couple of things in relation to the retreat. A couple of people have asked me some questions and they're quite common questions that I get about retreats. One is it's suitable for beginners, people who haven't done yoga for a while. Because the yoga is only a small part of it. Two, you can come solo. I mean, half the people that are coming are coming on their own. So because me and Rach are a couple, that doesn't mean you have to be a couple too. Uh, great, great thing about coming to retreat is you get to meet other people, other solo travelers. And you can, sometimes if you go with someone else, you feel like you've got to look after them. You know when you go traveling and you're with a friend and you've got to do what they want to do all the time. Sometimes it's nice to be on your own. There's pros and cons. But yes, come along. You're a solo. There's plenty of other solo people there. We've got a few spots left. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we're going to Leitrim in the west of Ireland, April 3rd to April 5th for the weekend. Hot tubs, infrared saunas, holistic treatments, yoga, meditation, walks, hikes in the countryside at one of the top 10 retreat centers in the world, voted by The Guardian, no less. And that's a posh newspaper. So if you'd like more information, you can get in touch with me or my partner, my girlfriend, my missus, my other half, Rachel Killen. Today, I have with me, for the third time, Doug Robson, the downward Doug. So Jenny Keane and Doug have both been on three times. And they ask and you shall receive, because Doug and Jenny uh, proved to be very popular with you, with the peeps. And also, I like to speak to fun people. I like to speak to people that don't say what they think is the right thing to say, but instead are just completely honest and have different opinions on things and aren't afraid to express them. Because I really believe that how we can understand each other better is through expression in a safe environment. So we can just discuss anything. There's no, Nothing is off the table or on the table, whatever the expression is. <laughs> Everything can be discussed. And I always learn something from Doug and I always have fun with him. He's actually here again in a couple of weeks doing a workshop so you can check him out, The Downward Dog on Instagram and his website. If you enjoy this podcast, as always, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. And I really appreciate you all listening. Thanks so much for... Ah, thanks so much for your questions for Doug. <laughs> again, I'm so sorry, I forgot to ask the questions. I know, we got a bit carried away, then Doug had to go to the airport. But we got in an hour of good chat and uh, a lot was explored. So I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is the Downward Doug. What is that? Is that mean I'm in now? You're in. I wasn't in hey, before. Hey, Unbelievable. He's censoring me, people. He's bloody censoring me. What do you think of my setup? I like the setup. You did last time. Didn't you have some fancy things? You could make it clap and... You mean like this? That's oh, wait, hold on, wait, cool. one second. That's not the right one. one. That's, I need that one more. I want yeah. that one. So tell, us a, tell, tell us a joke. Okay. Um... Oh, God. I've never <laughs> forgotten every joke in my life. Okay, I do have one. I don't know if I can tell that one. Okay, oh. do it like a clean one that's like... Not yeah, I know. Any. This is what's really tricky now. Mm, that one also is controversial. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I know any... If you think of a joke, okay. I mean, I'll be All ready. Right, I'll geez. be ready to push that button. I really, I really crumbled there. <laughs> I'll tell a joke. No, wait. I, I but in fairness, who tells jokes these days? Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, more of, I'm, I'm more of a reactive joker. <laughs> do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. I don't I don't set them up. I don't like the setup jokes. Yeah. Observational comedy. What can I tell you? But you know when you know when someone's gonna tell you a joke and they're like I used to have this mate and he'd be like and he'd go he he'd always do this, he'd go, Oh careful, let me tell you this story. Oh god. Oh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh, here That's we go. Joke, and it yeah. would last for like five minutes. And it's mm-hmm. like a joke should never be longer than well, we should uh, if it is long, the person l- telling it shouldn't be laughing while they're telling it. Yeah. Because no. then you're like yeah, get to it. <laughs> yeah. Get to it. Weirdly, it, I see a lot of comedians when they tell jokes, they're very funny, and when they laugh at a joke, I don't find that one funny. Mm. Like Dave Chappelle, sometimes he tells loads of really good jokes, and there'll be one he can't get to the end of, and he'll do the punchline. I'm like, you find that funny? Mm. Like I find. Also, I've unusual. noticed. Also, I've noticed comedians don't really laugh at other people's jokes. Maybe because they're they're comedians for a living. Mm. Like I, I did a TEFL cl- a course when you go and le- learn how to teach English. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the guys on it was a professional comedian that, that toured with Eddie Izzard. You wow. know, he was, okay. a, he was a big guy. I won't say his name, but, um, but I remember with like anyone else would be funny in the room. He'd never laugh. Mm. Probably because it's, it's a bit like, he maybe the fact that he, as a comedian, he had to struggle to be funny. And it's his profession. His job mm. is to make people laugh. And therefore if someone else is, possibly funnier than you i'm not saying it was me mm. but um and other people are laughing you might i don't know you might think this is a skill you know but is that like going to someone else's yoga class as a teacher and refusing to practice <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm not doing it yeah not breathe doing. in i'm not yoga. gonna breathe in no, do, tell me what to do i'll do what i want i'll breathe out <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna hold my breath the whole class the whole hour yeah. see how you like that yeah so i don't know if that's the same as that or maybe mm. they're just trying to internalize and go why did people laugh at that you know mm. Like mm, yeah, maybe they were analyzing. Comedians are quite analytical, like that. Like they come across as quite—it's an act, right? They come across as quite uh, relaxed and casual when they're telling their jokes. But that's a rehearsed script mm. that they've worked out for you know months, maybe a year. Mm. So maybe that's part of it. Now, when they hear a joke, they're like, mm, "Okay, mm. could I make more out of that?" Because they observational comedy now is like the go-to, right? It used to be telling jokes. Mm-hmm. Now it's not telling jokes. It's observational stuff mm. how can you make a story funny and relatable i guess mm. i don't know who the kind of godfather of that was i'm sure there was a change somewhere where jokes were well the comedians were tell joke tell joke tell joke mm. and then someone was like oh, i'll try this style and everyone was like oh that's crazy they'll mm. never work and mm. now it's the only mm. it's the only type right some except b- you have some one-liner guys which yeah. i really like yeah yeah what's his name milton i forget the guy's name milton something very mm. unusual looking guy, always wears a Hawaiian shirt, crazy hair, mm. kind of got this dumbfounded look on his face, like he's a deer caught in the headlights. And he does a whole show of one-liners. Just what, like Roddy, Roddy Dangerfield style, probably. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Like, I mean, now that I said, probably doesn't sound that funny, but I remember hearing <laughs> it goes, uh, went on a, <laughs> I went on a trip of a, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Come on, me off, Don't Doug. go to the button straight away. I wasn't, <laughs> no, I'm not telling it now. Okay, <laughs> let me start Save again. it, catch my surprise. <laughs> All right. I went on a once in a lifetime trip this year. No, I can't remember back. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> you know, the exact I wish one. I had a crickets button as well. You know, like you know the crickets, like oh my <laughs> god, and the tumbleweed. Yeah, if you could put that in here yeah. on the visual. So I could because I uh, each one of these does a certain noise. There probably mm-hmm. is a tumbleweed one. I just need to find okay. it. But I've got it. The thing is, people keep telling me I'm I'm lazy and apathetic. And I tell you what, I've had it up to here with them. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! Yeah, where is the oh, sorry, button? Hit sorry, the button. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> I don't know if it played for the camera. Yeah, yeah okay, it did. Yeah. That was good. Right, okay. It's so subtle. Yeah, it yeah. takes a moment. You're like, uh, ah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a gift. There's a gift at the end of that. You pay attention. That's really good. There's and it was short, sharp, and to the point. God damn it, so much pressure. Yeah. God, it's so new much. respect for those guys. You, you know, um, I, uh, I was doing a, a class online this morning. And during the class, there was a, a long period of balancing on one leg. Long, I mean, it was about a minute on one leg and doing mm-hmm. different things on one leg. And during th- that online class, the teacher was trying to be funny. And I and I said, I'm not going to do... And, and actually, I turned that class off and went to another teacher when I kind of tried and trusted. Because I was just like, it kind of frustrated me, you know. I mm-hmm. think like um, being... I think being... Not necessarily being funny, but having a sense of humour in in class is is important mm. but trying to be funny is can be irri- irritating and like so also things has to be it has to be timely as well doesn't mm. it like if you're doing it when people are trying to relax it's not or balance on one leg it's tricky right there's like certain things you can say in a class like because you don't know because you're the one pro- projecting out so you've got to have you've got to have your feedback loop pretty good mm. you know you've got to be looking at people going like i don't know if this will land and like you've also got to be a little bit fearless and go like I'll try it out, <laughs> and then you can make a joke out of it if it doesn't work yeah. at all. But I know what you mean. I've been I've been to a class where the person's too casual and too mm. jokey the whole way. I'm like, yeah, I, I get you're trying to be cool, but I also paid for this class, so like mm. I need you to actually pay attention. Mm. And it's kind of funny that you forgot the one side the one time, but now it's not that funny. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So there's somewhere between <laughs> that, like the joke should be sprinkled in, I guess, mm. if anything, but they shouldn't be the the crux, mm. uh, unless that's your thing, unless you're an amazing comedian that can do a whole class, a mm. routine like that. I think because it messes with the pace in the class. Like I went to, I just joined this yoga studio um, close by my house. I'm going there because I'm not a teacher there, mm. and I want to. I, I get a bit self conscious. Oh being, my god! You know, being a teacher for and, sure. Yeah, and and practicing the studio. And then did you find like then in a class where I want to push my limits and go like, I don't know if I can do this move. Let me try, but I might fall out. I used to be like, oh, if I don't know anyone here, yeah, I'll go for it. And then when you're teaching, you're like, oh god, what does that mean if I fell out? What mm. am I going to lose students? Like mm. it's a weird thing that goes on in your brain. Well, yeah. on my brain. Yeah, it does. And and also, I mean, it is nice to have the community and see people that you know. But at the same time, I I kind of want to switch off, and that's mm. why I chose the studio. But during this, in this studio. One of the classes, I forget what it's called on the timetable, but essentially it was an absolute yoga. Do you know what that is? This is mad. So I didn't until yesterday. You didn't know absolute? Yeah, and then I did one yesterday. Oh, right. Okay. But I kept thinking. So this job of doing like two on each side. Yeah. But you know what that is? Bikram. Yeah, yeah. Bikram, yeah. They've just been like, right. (laughs) We've got some bit of bad flack because he's been a bit touchy. So can we change the name? That's mm. why I was like, "What do you mean?" Ab-? I was like, mm. "Oh, you mean Bikram?" It's Bikram, yeah. yeah. It is, and but during it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is Bikram," and I didn't. I was a bit resistant, like, oh, mm. "I don't want to do Bikram yoga." Mm. But then, then as the class went on, I thought, "Well, actually, I know it's not going to be very, very technical, and it's not going to be very nuanced, mm. and therefore." I know what's coming, so I can kind of enjoy it a little bit more. I can mm. focus on the breathing, whereas. When you are doing a class where, let's say the one this morning I was doing online, it was way too technical. Mm. Everything was something new, that's something nuanced. And I was like, I can't, I can't get into this. And it made me realize, I think that's why it's so powerful to 
be not only do your own home practice but do be a student whether mm. it's online or in real life and you start to realize oh right pacing is so important mm -hmm. and i think that's probably why things like ashtanga bikram or these set sequences are so popular because they you know what pace you're going at mm -hmm. all the time and you can focus on your breath as opposed to when you have to stop and the teacher's like, right, let me just break this down again. You know, I'm, I'm, mm. Now I start thinking, well, I'm hungry. I'm a bit tired today, actually. Or what's that person doing over there? Mm. You, you, you lose it, don't you? I, I, I totally agree. I think the the thing is, Kevin, you're quite unusual in terms of, I know you like new things. So if you have someone who's saying that was too technical for you, the average Joe is going to be like, you know, fuck this this is mm. like most people can only i think handle one or two new pieces of information in a class anyway or not that they can handle but that they would like mm. you know a lot of people come to a class because they want to flow they want to move through their body they want you to put together a sequence that is interesting but not complicated mm. that it's basic if they just listen to the words and things move into each other and they transition really well weirdly like when you watch really good videos on youtube whether they're holiday videos or if it's a movie, what makes something good is the transitions work well. Mm. One shot leads into another one really well, maybe in an interesting way, but you're like, wow, I didn't expect that, but it works. It doesn't jar my eyes, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's certain moves that work well um, one after the other. Mm, yeah, there's other ones that don't. No, you know? And, and if you have to stop to go, oh, the reason you can't do it is because of this. I think there's a clever way in which you teach it where you teach the most basic version of it first, mm. the next time around. That like I'm a big fan of that, mm. where I have three sequences, three flows per se. One is a very basic one, the next one's a little bit harder, the next one's more advanced. And the whole way through, you give people options. If you can't do this, go back to the one you did before. Mm. So you make sure that first one is something everyone can do. Mm -hmm. And then you build it up, and then people, the last or fourth one is, you get to choose. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I, <laughs> I, and I think, that is so important that we um, and you mentioned downstairs about uh, Jason Crandall and also uh, oh I just said Crandall yeah I like that was, uh, what did I said yeah, I don't know Crandall, Crandall. Yeah, some people say Crandall sure Jason Crandall it makes Ad it sound Adam, French <laughs> uh, Adam Hasler's uh, Hasler a way of doing it where or technique of there's a theme that you mm. set at the start and you do it quite basic and it's quite technical and we can for like 10 minutes of being quite technical and mm. that's the basic theme. And then all the poses practice that theme, but in different ways and it gradually gets more and more challenging. Yeah. And, um, and I think that it's, it's so good to have that structure. Like I don't, I don't plan my classes. I don't write my classes at all, but I visualized in my head over and over again. I practice things over and over again. I'm like, will this work? Will it not work? as opposed to writing it down. Cause I used to write it down at the start mm. and then I'd never look at the notes mm. or I get flustered and forget where I am on, yeah. the, on the notes. I mean to find, I'm looking at, I actually had it yesterday where before the class started, before the workshop started, I was reading something that said, choose a number. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I go, am I doing magic tricks? I <laughs> and it was written and it had a star next to it. I was like at some point when I was planning this, that was not only something to remember, but something to really remember, you know? <laughs> it got a star. Yeah, and I was like, God, that is, because that is, uh, you know, NB, of which I forget what the Latin is, but mm. it's like, take note mm -hmm. of this. And um, it was only once I finished the class, I was like, oh yeah. Like with inversions, I was like, choose a number of how many you do when you're doing your practice, because it can get quite addictive. So you can do like mm. 40 handstands and your wrists are 
especially when you start our budget. So I was like, choose a number, decide. I'm going to do 10 today. Mm-hmm. I try 10, then I'm put it to bed. But I'd already said that in the class, which to your point about writing things down and not knowing where you are on the page, because also like things come up and I move things and there's arrows coming down here. It looks like <laughs> the workings of a madman. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, A Beautiful Mind with John Nash <laughs> where they go into a shed and oh. there's just string going across everywhere. You're like, what does it all mean? The Illuminati and pyramids and Mesopotamia and, and George Trump. You're like, what is going on here? That's what it looks like. So it's of no yeah, use. Yeah. I think the act of doing it though, of writing it out, just helps you for me it helped formulate it in my brain mm. to go okay yeah that that makes mm-hmm. sense cool but i'm the same as you i have to actually get on the floor and go like mm. okay does that work though and more importantly what if someone can't do that mm. because that's the big thing is that the more advanced you get at practicing you're like yeah going from side plank to step to the front of your mat without putting your other hand down easy mm. what about 80 percent of people that can't do that mm. And you can't look at them and go, well, keep practicing. Mm-hmm. You have to give them that bridge. That's what, as a teacher, you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, Patrick Beach makes the demarcation all the time. Are you showing or are you teaching? And there's a big difference. Like, mm-hmm. you can lead a class and you can say, okay, I'll be at the front here, guys. You do what I do. And that's something. That's, there's a lot to be said for that. But teaching is going, ah, you know what you're doing wrong. This is how you could do it think about this and this may help that's teaching you've you've taken something and kind of like in a laboratory you've dissected it looked at the moving parts and gone oh if that's out then this will happen you've done the maths and you've gone okay this is how i could help someone get this because that's what you're trying to do you're trying to show someone here's the move here's what we're whether it's the intention or the shape or the stretch you're going that's what we're trying to achieve um here's the road i suggest going but some people may have to go another way and you have to have all the different routes and go, yeah, you can go this way, you can do that one. And you have to experiment. And it means not necessarily just practicing the way that you can in your body, but imagining how someone else might not be able to do it, mm-hmm. whether it's strength or flexibility. And that's what's tricky because for the longest time in your practice, you're just trying to find the best way for you to do it, to get to that point. And then as a teacher, you're not just thinking about how do I get to that point, you're thinking, what would some of the other ways be? And that's what, for me, YouTube is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I'm forever looking up different tutorials of how to learn Warrior One and like looking at the themes and going, okay. And then trying it out and going, is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then going through more and more and more because there's a plethora of information out there. Mm-hmm. And then finding something interesting going, okay, I wouldn't do it like that, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It just gives you more in your arsenal yeah. when you're teaching to go. Exactly. Try this. No, try that. Try this. And that's a teacher, not someone who's just showing. Yeah. So, and, and also, to not, this is advice for people that's just starting out. Sometimes you try to get too fancy. You try to get all these, and it turns into a dance class where, where, where you, you could teach like a crescent lunge in so many different ways, for example. Mm. But it's having the patience to, explain something that's nuanced and then letting it sit with people mm. for 10 seconds 15 seconds until they can figure out themselves and maybe they don't maybe uh, they won't figure it out then but they'll hear the words because we all have different phases of learning mm. you know you will we'll hear the words we see it maybe and then we see someone else doing it and then the next week we come we try it again we realize something else and you keep coming mm-hmm. coming but the, it's having that it's being comfortable in that that moment where there's 
the process of understanding mm. as opposed to just do this mm. or uh, or you know making a class fancy because you want to feel like you're giving something that you didn't do last week mm. whereas instead it's it's getting overcomplicated yeah i mean for the longest time i used to think that every class i taught had to be fairly original to the one i taught the week before mm -hmm. and patrick spoke about that when we were with him you know about like you fall into that trap going like every class has got to be totally different and it's an insecurity certainly for me to go like well i want to show you how much i know it's yeah, going exactly how much are they ready to learn mm -hmm. you know and making it complicated isn't necessarily better because people are like i don't know what this is and to your point why people like Bikram Ashtanga, they know what they're getting. Mm. Once they learn the sequence, now they can start thinking, okay, how can I make this more intense? How could I get better? How can I be more mindful in this position? Because I know what's coming. I don't have to think, well, what, what's the person at the front doing? Mm. Um, secondly, when you're saying, uh, letting it sit with people, it always reminds me of when you teach a kid how to swim, the way you definitely don't teach a kid how to swim is to hold them the whole time and let them paddle, paddle, paddle. At some point, you've got to let go for a second and then catch them. Let them go and let them find their own feet. But you have to be brave enough to do it and you have to allow them to ch find out themselves how to do it. And I think that's what's happening with yoga. Same thing, like, I know exactly what you're saying. You hear the same cues all the time and maybe it won't get into your brain and then six months down the line, you're like, oh, okay, mm. I get it. Yeah. And the other thing I think teaching people systems instead of just necessarily a move you teach them a system we do this because this is what we're trying to stabilize in this position and doing this action helps you stabilize and the body is a system so those rules can start to apply like mm. when you learn language you don't learn language by learning each individual word mm. that's not how you put it together mm. you you try things out you learn that okay the verb tends to go here when it's plural i tend to add an s and you use those parameters for the longest time until they don't work mm. and then you adjust and then you use more parameters and the better you get at language the more you know these different systems you don't know all the words in the language but you know okay i know a word that is similar to this and when i make that a plural that one actually gets an apostrophe s mm. yeah, and, the and then once you have that um approach then it's about immersing yourself you know if you go to live in Paris you'll learn French a lot quicker than mm -hmm. if you did a course here in Dublin um, and that's that's what I see with yoga is that someone asked me yesterday it was actually Pat Davili I was telling you about earlier but he asked me um, who when I started doing yoga and I said I started when I was 30 I started doing yoga when I was 30 which is eight years ago but really I only consistently started four years ago I mean mm -hmm. like it became, it became a lifestyle and the difference is a night and day. I, it's so funny. Before you started the, the rest of that sentence, I didn't know where you are going, but I was just thinking, I must say to him that when you sit immerse yourself, it's totally right. Again, it's spending time with the data, right? When you're on the mat and you're going through that pose the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, maybe nothing's changed. Maybe the tenth time you go, oh, that's interesting. If I do this, mm. oh, that changes it completely mm -hmm. then 11 12 13 all the way to the hundredth no change the hundredth time you're like oh that's interesting mm. this happens and it's the same thing the more time you spend on your mat doing the practice the more information you have to give to other people you start to know how things feel how things change and i think it's about being explorative on the mat too not doing just the same thing every time mm -hmm. trying out different ways trying out different teachers 
and learning, okay, why didn't that resonate? Why was that hard to understand? What what are the themes I'm seeing with teachers that I really like? And what are the themes of teachers maybe that I don't get on with? Mm. What are those themes? And can I package them together? And this kind of happens quite naturally the more you do it. But I agree with you. Same with me. Only this year really have I started doing a daily practice. Mm. And the change is incredible. Mm. You kind of know what you're talking about. You become a, an expert in that field because you're putting in the time with the data. Yeah. And and also and as well establishing what your why is. My why why I started yoga when I was thirty was was basically to stretch my hamstrings to, to so I could play football for longer. Mm. That was it. I was like I want to be able to touch my toes. And then when I couldn't, or when I was very unable, I felt like, well, this isn't working. I, and I'd ignore it for mm. a few months, come back to it again. And I, my, I was in the wrong place. Whereas four years ago, when I got made redundant from my, my job, um, I was doing it for more of a lifestyle, as in I wanted to feel better about myself. And it was more, I, I liked the people that I met in yoga as well. I thought, there's a lot of weirdos here. I like these. <laughs> you know? I'm not I'm not really like a gym guy, you know, uh, you know how many macros you have today mm -hmm. and what, what you're washing your protein shake. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't like that because I'm just not, just not the way I made up. And fair play to people that are into the gym stuff and bodybuilding, that's great. But for me, I was a bit, sh it was a bit shallow. I, I realized that I couldn't be, couldn't look like that. And I was just more interested in feeling better. Just mm. feel, you know, and, and and I think as well with the with the football thing, it's kind of a microcosm of life. When I when I thought when I thought about giving up football, then I thought if I have to stop playing football, it means I'm old now. Mm. It means I've moved to the next stage of life where I'm one of those lads you see who can't even kick a ball. You know, he's just become um, and and that that part of my life is gone. Whereas now, what I realise is. I just want to f feel better and also to actually feel your body. I mean, to wake up in the morning and you feel like, oh, I can feel a bit of opening or strengthening mm. or whatever it is. And it becomes then just a thing. It's like non-negotiable. So if now in the mornings, Doug, this is my new routine. I haven't told you this, but I wake up, I run, uh, come home, have a cold bath, mm. do I meditate and then I do yoga. So that's my routine. And um, now it's only been a week. <laughs> so it's a new, new routine. That's my new routine. It starts tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's, it's every single day. And um, then it just becomes something you just do, mm. you know, as opposed to having to think about it. Because I think, do you, do you run? No. Uh, now, this is a good point, actually. Here we go. No, Here we go. No, I just want to say, mm -hmm. I was like, what I've realized from the running is it's given me, given, given me more empathy towards people that are starting yoga. Because now you could say I'm comfortable on a yoga mat, relatively mm -hmm. speaking, because I've done them, a lot of the movements thousands of times. Mm -hmm. I'm not a runner. I haven't run since I play football, and that's like short sprints. So now for me to go out every morning and start jogging, I'm someone who's a proper runner would laugh at me. Because I run for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, that's mm -hmm. it. Maybe it's a mile, I'm not sure. But I've realized, God, there are, you get good at what you practice. Mm -hmm. And it's made me empathize to think like um, the beginner's mindset, as it were. Mm. Um, wh why, don't, why don't you run, Doug? Well, for the longest time, they told me with my knee oh, yeah. not to run. They then went back and they said actually doing a bit of running is good. But long distance stuff is not 
Like I got no cartilage in my left knee. I got mm. a plate in my left knee. Like I can't. There's not. There's no cushion. Um, so weirdly, he said a bit of running is good. Lots of weight training is much better because mm. it separates the joint a little bit, gives it a little more room. And then a little bit of running, he said, is good because it generates the snowball fluid in the joint, mm. in the capsule. So I don't know. I could maybe introduce it. Like we do it in CrossFit a bit. But the most we'll do is like a one k run. Mm. That's the most we'll do. I think. I think what I like about it is I because um, I do it with Rach. We run together and we do it at a pace that we can talk. So it's quite mm. nice we get to talk in the morning uh, and without. Good way to get moving though. Good yeah. way to get moving and also breathing. It's actually mm. really any kind of repetitive motion like running, swimming, sun salutations is very meditative. Mm. You know, you're breathing with it um, as opposed to always trying to push which mm. is which is good sometimes um but i think i actually think swimming is fantastic because See, yeah. i used to love swimming right like that's my aren't background you, you a great swimmer uh, i wasn't a great swimmer. i was a international water polo player oh, no big deal it's, yeah but i wasn't a great swimmer <laughs> i was good at a lot of other things but don't but you have to swim a short burst in that you have to swim really fast but in terms of like i was up against like lots of amazing swimmers so i guess like on average i'm a much better swimmer than most but in that realm that wasn't my forte mm. you know guys could pace me but there's lots of little tricks you have instead. It's like judo in the water. Like you're holding onto wrists all the time, getting wrist control. And then you put like both feet on a guy's chest and kick him like when you change direction. Wow. Yeah, it's brutal. And then you also have a foot on the hip because the hips are so important in swimming and in water polo. If you can disrupt someone's hips, they can't swim properly. So if you're swimming behind the fence, and he's like just ahead of me to my right, I can use my crawl elbow to push his hip down Mm. And it'll drop his hips and it'll re- it acts like brakes. And then I can take, and also I can grab a shoulder, which is illegal. I didn't know any of that. I'm oh, mad. Because you can't, because it's all underwater, you can't yeah, see so it. Yeah, so the refs have to really be, in the Olympics, they'll have a camera underwater. Mm. Have a look at that. Mm. It's mad. Like costumes are getting pulled because you're trying to gain control to get a guy behind you or in front of you, wherever you want him. And the same with pulling costumes back to go forward. But you've got to disguise it with your movements. Mm. Um, is it like lacrosse but in the water well you don't have a paddle or anything you've got your hand it's more like it's more like basketball in the water you set up D around the goal and then the guy in the middle the centre forward which is the same as basketball is called a hole so you have a centre forward and the centre back I have a centre back so I'm defence on that guy so you have to try stop and get in the ball the whole setup at the premise is that you're trying to get a foul off the middle to play it back out for someone to shoot mm. But that center point, the hole, is is like ferocious. So you're just wrestling each other. He's trying to get ahead of you. You're trying to get ahead of him to stop that ball coming in mm. because that's the center of all of their attack. They can't really attack without someone there. Mm. So, But it's like it's hot. Like you're treading water. You're fighting in the water. You're swimming hard. Like your wow, gas tank mate, that must be is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. My only thing is the amount of chlorine you guys put in your pools I'm not sure about Ireland, you mean you? Yeah, yeah. but the UK, <laughs> I can't hack it. It destroys my skin. Like I've got eczema already. Yeah. It destroys my skin. Like I smell chlorine for, for days afterwards. So yeah. I can't swim here. It really, it really messes me up. Where's your eczema? Like mainly on my face now. It used to be, like I had it on my hands really bad when I was a kid, like they, until they were red raw, like to the flesh. Because mm. you can't help when you're a kid, like good luck telling a kid not to scratch. Mm. Like you just can't, you pick the skin off. Then it changed mm. from there to my elbows. That's a popular place. And then behind the knees. And now it's on my face. Like I can normally tell here underneath this left eye, you'll see like a bit of redness. Mm. 
and then here. But actually, at the moment, it's normally related to my diet now. Mm. Um, what, what what creates like as you call it flare ups? Yeah, the flare ups. It, your skin gets really dry in winter. It gets worse. The the heat situation. Like I was on the Lewis today for the first time ever, which is very exciting. Yeah. But I was like, it's just the difference between outside and inside is too much. So like, oh, the heat. Yeah, different. because you got your jacket on and jacket off and jacket like. <laughs> But what sets it off, I, I don't entirely know. I know that when my eating is bad, it's either lots of sugars, because I notice it used to happen after my cheat days, it would be really bad. Mm. Um, sugars does it, heat does it, but sun stops it, which is a weird thing. Like, so if you get really hot, if I go to hot yoga, mm. like it flares up quite a lot and it'll calm down. Um, and that's it. I thought it was coffee for the longest time. I took coffee out the diet. Thank God it wasn't that. I was, I was so happy about that. Um, but I don't know. Some people might have some other ideas. Dairy is often cited. Dairy, yeah, I've heard that. But then I don't have almost any dairy, and it still is there. But then if I go to a hot country, I go to Bali, it kind of goes away. Mm. Um, but then the last time I went, actually, it was bad. If I, after I fly, it's really bad. Any stress, mm. I, if I remember correctly, stress definitely kicks it off. That whole thing online before, big flare-up. So stress, whether it's on your body, like a hard workout, or whether it's you're not sleeping well, that kicks it up. Mm. But uh, interesting enough, John Peterson, it, it, this is part of the same family of diseases. Uh, I'd say diseases makes it sound a lot worse than it is, uh, but of... Um, conditions? Conditions. Let's say conditions. Mm. Um, is autoimmune. Like these psoriasis is kind of what this has developed into now. So it used to be eczema, now it's psoriasis, um, which my brother has too. Smoking, by the way, if you have psoriasis, don't don't bother changing your diet. If you're going to carry on smoking, don't bother. Because mm. the smoking, whatever you do, will undo it. Mm. Like I've seen it with my brother. And I've seen it with the data online, same thing. If you carry on smoking, it doesn't matter how much dairy you take out. It doesn't matter how clean your diet. The smoking will bring your eczema out. Mm. You know, It's funny. I A friend of mine has a shisha company. And whenever he's new flavors, he's like, you got to try these out. And I thought, how is shisha must be better than normal smoking. God, my throat by the next morning and my eczema by the next morning, much worse. Really? Yeah. So he's on that carnivore diet, yes. which I don't know if you heard the Rhonda Patrick podcast with Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. the latest one. Amazing. When, when was the latest one? How long ago was that? Probably about two weeks ago. I was actually looking for an old one of hers mm. and I put it on. I didn't realize she'd been on recently. No, she started I didn't. talking. Yeah, mate, you want to get onto that one. Yeah. Like, obviously, listeners at home, listen to this. Do all of his podcasts first, then go across to JRE. All right. Don't, not the other way around. Makes right, sense. There you go. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Do the right thing. <laughs> um, but um, she spoke about uh, the carnivore diet and she was saying, I can understand how it would work. There's certain. Uh, vegetables and I was talking to a friend of mine just this week whose sister has oh, he's gonna kill me Calvin sorry man is it an lupus sister's got lupus never heard of it lupus is a serious autoimmune like your red blood cells just crumple and like uh, you know I'm pretty sure the girl from TLC had it uh, left eye no chili T who's T, T? Um, Tara no, <laughs> T-bones or something like that. T-bone, shout out But she had it and she would be someday she couldn't sing at all. Like you mm. just have to stay in bed all day. And um, yeah, nightshade vegetables, which I forget which they are, can cause it. So a lot of carnivore diets have come popular now which just red meat and water, a little bit of salt. Mm. Yeah. And she was saying, Dr. Rhonda Patrick was saying, you can achieve a lot of the same results by fasting, by 
fasting mimicking diets, but she said the amazing thing, which I want to try this week actually, and I've managed to rope in two of my friends, is to get uh, two and a half days or up to three days fasting, no food. I know, I know, Kev. I, so I might do this from Tuesday. I'm hungry just thinking about <laughs> it. You know, I've been practicing this week going like, how long could I go without? I've got to about four hours where I'm like, right, I might be at the edge. So, but she was saying what happens here is that you rid your body of all of these uh, cells that aren't quite working properly because mm -hmm. your body goes into like survival mode. And she said for autoimmune diseases, it's a good thing to try. So, you know, I'm, I'm butchering all the data, but... Well, um, so is she saying then that you don't need to do the carnivore diet, but she's, you need to fast? She's saying, look, instead of going something as extreme as the carnivore diet, you could probably get a lot of the same things by fasting. Mm. So why not fast first, see if it works, okay. rather than go so extreme? I mean, people love jumping on a, on a trend, right? And like, oh, I just want to eat meat all the time. Vegetables are terrible for you. It's always on and off, right? It's mm. always like, that's good, that's bad. It's not like, oh, well, maybe the two together can be fine. You know, so yeah. she was just saying it's a good idea to try fasting first because that can help. It's shown to do a lot of the same stuff. Mm. So, yeah, my friend, a good friend of mine, he's probably watching this now. Shout out to Brian. Um, he lives in the States, but he is a, does the same thing. Had really uh, strong eczema and uh, like really, really heavy eczema on him um, that he struggled with. And I, well, I, I think he went the carnival diet maybe for, might be for that or for other reasons, but his skin is packed out. And the only thing is like, I think about, I, we don't know the long-term effects yeah. of- Longevity, right? Yeah, of, of eating just meat. And yeah. and I, it's really, it's like diet is obviously very individual, but I do think fasting is so important. Mm. M me and Rach, we did, um, we're like, right, every Wednesday, we're not going to eat for the whole day. We did it once. And mm. I was just like, I can't do this. I can't, because I can't think. And it's just, it, and I'm not proud to say that. I just didn't have the discipline to yeah. do it. So what I do now is um, I wake up like 5 a.m. and I won't eat till lunch. Mm. You know, so okay. that's, still, so I'm, I'm basically fasting for half the day. You should maybe look into this fasting mimicking diet. So she, Rhonda Patrick, describes a way in which you can fast kind of like that, which will mimic the acts of, Fasting. It's not the same thing, mm. but it'll start to give some of the same results. So maybe look at that. It's intermittent fasting effectively. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. And I think that because if you think about, you know, my father or, or my parents and their generation before that, they had periods of their lives where they had no food. Mm. And um, they just had, I remember my dad, I've told this story before on the podcast, but it was ages ago, my dad telling me that when he first moved to Dublin, he was 15 or 16 and he didn't have any money to eat. And he had a cup of tea after like a while of not eating and he had to sit down because he got a light head. You know, it, it was just like, because he was so, hung, so hungry. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, nowadays, every disease we have now is never is, is for abundance. We yeah. have too much of everything. And, but fasting, the thing about fasting is you actually forget how much your life revolves around food. food. And, and how much of it is a, it's a pastime. Exactly. Like it's something to do. Mm. Let's go for brunch. Let's yeah. And then if you and if you choose a carnivore diet, or I'm on a me and Rachel on a specific diet now for January, and uh, it means I can't go meet people for for food. I mean, I met Pat Davili yesterday, mm. um, and we had um, I had burrito, and I I'm not supposed to have rice, so I had rice yesterday. Just mm. 
Mm, yeah. Don't talk right. Yes. Just keep it between ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys at home too, right? <laughs> so, um, but I felt shit afterwards. I felt so crap, and I, after I had the rice. I was craving chocolate so badly. And for, mm. for the first time in a week, it seems like it's been longer. But I was really craving chocolate because you, I think, I mean, rice is a simple carb. Mm-hmm. Or is it a complex carb? No, it's simple. Uh, white rice. White rice. Be, yeah. It was rice, yeah. I had that. And then I spiked your blood sugar level, which then drops down quite quickly afterwards. And then you want that sugar mm. level up again. Whereas now we've been eating, uh, the only carb we have is quinoa. Mm-hmm. And mate, I'm not, I don't get like hunger pangs at all. I mean, and again, it's only been a week, but um, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's I think because during Christmas time, I want to ask you about Christmas actually. But during my Christmas, I I went off the bandwagon a little bit. <clears throat> I, I and my I felt I feel like I was getting gout, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Henry VIII, Henry VIII, because uh, my fingers and toes were hurting me, and I was like. I think my nose is going to turn into a mushroom and end up. <laughs> oh, like, that's an awful look, isn't it? Mate. Do you ever look at old people and go like, I almost want to stop them and go, what, have you, what did you do? Wait, mate. Like, what did you do that's caused <laughs> all of this? Because <laughs> I don't done? want to do it. But it's a really hard question to ask someone. Well, Same know, with the, the, the hunch stuff. I'm like, mm. I want to grab them and go, stand up. <laughs> and I know that they can't. I'm like, God. Some woman is in for him, like, yeah. she doesn't need that symbol. Yeah. She's healed. Healed. <laughs> the power of yoga compelled you. <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. Oops. Uh, uh, but no, like, um, I, I, mate, have you seen, like, I seen a picture of Vim Hoff yesterday mm. when he was younger. He was a handsome guy. I mean, he's good looking now for it, his age. A very distinct look, like, a lot of, very intense. Nordic. Yeah. He's a good, but I mean, you forget, like, I mean, how old is Vim Hoff now? 60s? Yeah, so he looks good, actually. It's great for yeah. the age. But yeah, the nose thing happens. Because our ears and nose don't stop growing because it's cartilage. Not great news for me. Not great news. Ears wise. Your head's already quite small, so it's going to... Yes! <laughs> this is... If my fucking head could grow a bit more, it would be great. <laughs> no. Tiny um, head problem. Um, but um, in fact, I was, I was chatting to... Uh, this is the third time I'm going to mention Pat DeVille. <laughs> Sorry. I want a bit of a man uh-huh. crush. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can I quickly talk about Pat DeVille? Pat DeVille, I've never heard of him. Go, <laughs> go ahead, mate. Don't be jealous. No, no, um, but Pat was saying that he went to a Wim Hof um, weekend. Mm-hmm. Like he went into Poland, did the whole thing. Um, have you ever done that before? Not not his thing. I mean, I've, I actually only have done... My friends had loved it for a while. Mm. Um, we were just following it online. But I've never done like a course of his. Never have you ever done one, uh, been to one of his instructors? No. Okay, I did that before. Went to one of the instructors here in Dublin, um, and actually, I want to ch- switch gear a little bit because speaking mm-hmm. about Pat, um, have you got any mentor mentors, <laughs> mate? Like the beginning of that sentence, I thought you were going to say, "Do you have any mental illnesses?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the jig is up. The jig is up. Do I have any mentors? Yeah, I'm going to say no because I don't know what you mean. Okay, have you got someone, or have you had someone in the past that you go to regularly for advice? Indirectly, Jordan Peterson. Mm. I can't tell. I, I, I would conservative guess. I probably watched maybe two hundred hours of him. Mm. Conservative. So, like, I take a lot of what he says on board, but no, I don't have someone. It's not direct mentoring, I guess, because it's not answering a question per se that I had directly. Mm. But I just take a lot of what he says on board. Mm. And I think that that's actually quite common, that indirect mm. or that one-way mentorship. Um, because, w- w- say with Pat, for example, 
he was a massive, I didn't say it to him yesterday, because mm. when, when you meet someone that you admire, you don't want to tell them that you admire yeah, you them. You don't want to make it weird. It, weird, yeah. it gets I weird. I appreciate you not saying that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I get it. Uh, so, I, get it. I saw it in your notes. <laughs> <laughs> your name and my name and a heart with the arrows <laughs> forever with the four. Yeah. Um, when I when I was made redundant for my job, I was thinking about working for myself in some capacity. It's something to do with health, right? I came home and my mum and sister were at, at home, and I said, um, you know, I was teaching my sister how to do plank, right? Mm -hmm. And my sister goes, um, you could do this for a living, you know. I said, what? She's like, you know, personal training, yoga, that type of thing where you're training people and I said no I don't think so you know it's not it's not, I'm, I'm skinny I'm not a buff guy and I, I would say as well it's not a very good job you know you don't you can't really make a living from mm. working in the gym that's what I was thinking in my head I didn't really know yoga teaching was a job but anyway and then my mum says there was this fella on tv um on the late late show now the late late show in Ireland is not watched too much by the younger generation but it's more so watched by our parents generation and um his name was Pat something and the other. My sister said, oh, yeah, we watched that together, didn't we, Mum? This guy. I said, what's the, what's the story? And um, then I watched it. And essentially his story is that he, when he was in his late teens, he tried to become an MMA fighter. He, just what he trained to be, mm -hmm. right? It didn't work out. Then he came home and he said to his parents, right, I'm going to start a boot camp and I'm going to do it on the beach. He got all the equipment. He put all the posters up in... In, and he said, this is it now. This is my thing. I'm going to do a boot camp trainer. Got there. No one turned up. Or like mm -hmm. one person turned up six in the morning, you know, west of Ireland, dark mornings, cold, rainy like today. So he came, went back to his parents, like embarrassed, saying like, this is not for me. This is not going to work out. I'm completely lost. And he was saying how then he was at, lived, had to move back in with his parents and to save money. And he didn't know what he was going to do. And since then, he opened a gym in Galway, or in the west of Ireland anyway. Uh, and it came up to about 800 members. Then he gave the gym to his friend. I don't know if I should say that, but I'm sure it's okay. Gave the gym to his friend. And um, he has now goes all around the world as a speaker. And, and Pat is real, he's actually an introvert. You know, he's quite shy naturally. But he's trained himself, a bit like Jerry Duffy, to to be more engaging, to be, um, which I, I really respect. Mm -hmm. And But now, Doug, he's so um, he's a jiu-jitsu blue belt, he's a mountaineer, he's just finished his yoga teacher training, and he goes all around the world um, uh, te teaching, like just speaking about, essentially a bit like the Irish Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And I just, w w I mean, when I was walking around my estate here, where I live now. I remember you saying story. I like that story. Yeah, knocking on doors saying, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a yoga teacher. I do fitness as well. And I have a thing. And, and like, and I, I was thinking of Pat Davili. I was like, remember he was out on the beach mm -hmm. and no one showed up. And yet he kept going. And that was always in my head. I was like, you know, um, that, that was inspiration for me, even though he didn't know it. Mm. And then now, not only has he, he gone from that, the, the fitness side of things, but now he's a speaker and he gets paid to speak. And I think, wow, I would love to move away, not move away, but being put more effort into how can I uh, work with people where it's not just about the physical body? Mm. You know, how can I like um, 
be because Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan or Brené Brown, people like that have really helped me, same way as you, mm. to just think better about myself, to think like more positive, and to talk in a way that maybe we're not used to hearing. Like you can do it. Every day is mm. a new day. Let's and also, he's also. I think the other thing is he's quite, um, he's quite stern with what he's saying. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, in a, in a non-threatening way. Mm. You know, I remember hearing him say something along the lines of. Maybe you're the one in a million, you know, maybe you are that one in a million that things are going to be different for. More likely you're not. And these things that have worked for generation upon generation to make people happy, people smarter than you have existed and come up with the same solutions. So maybe you should take some advice from them mm. instead of trying to make your own decision going like, oh, I think the way the structure of the world is, you know, it's terrible and... I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship and I don't want to get married and I don't want to have kids. I just want to have the most fun ever. And he was saying, maybe, maybe that'll work for you. But smarter people than you have done it and it didn't work. So maybe you should listen. And it was something like that. And it's like, it's quite cutting, but it's kind of what you need. And he, I think that's why he has become such a father figure for so many people because he says the uncomfortable truths that you knew anyway and you go, shit. Yeah, I did know that. He's saying the obvious stuff, mm. but it just, we're in a time where no one else is saying it, where those values are crumpling around us. And he's going, maybe there's something to these old fashioned values. Mm. And a lot of people are going, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a bit like, mm, the b biggest turning point of my life was the conversation I had with my dad. And he, my dad essentially fat shamed me. <laughs> he said, my dad fat shamed me, he's like, You've, re you've let yourself go, you know, you've put on a lot of weight. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, I have, haven't I? And I've seen pictures of myself going, that doesn't look like me, what I think mm. of myself as. And it was, it was, it was a man, it's not about like does, the size you are doesn't matter, but it was a manifestation of the life I was living. Mm. And, and it wasn't, it was only going to get worse. And that's why that tough love, that moment of that hurt me mm. uh, is I can never thank him enough for that. Mm. Because I realized um, I'm not, my, I don't, I don't love myself. Mm. That's it, isn't yeah. it? And I think that's relative to you. He knew what you were kind of at base level, how you normally look. And seeing you overweight from that perspective is making him go, something's not right. Something's off kilter in your life that it's going this way. So it's not necessarily that you're overweight, but it's the fact that you weren't normally overweight, that now that you were, mm. something's going on that's put you off course, you know? Exactly. You're that course correction, I think, is a big thing. You know, mm. so it's like, uh, you know, and that's what you have to do. I guess part of yoga is being mindful to be aware of what you're doing. Exactly. Not to fall into patterns. So I, I'm always kind of ashamed of myself. I'm like, oh God, I'm 36, man. Oh, why am I making these same mistakes? Like, at some point, you've got to grow up. You know, and again, John Peterson, one of his big things is, is the danger of man-child. Man-child. Yeah. Yeah. The danger. And I, mm. and I always thought it was almost a feat that I've managed to put off responsibility for so long. <laughs> I was like, I'm fucking nailing this. Like, you know, telling me to do nothing. You know, I can do what I want. Mm. And then you're like, those two things happen opposition. And I'm slowly learning this, that there's freedom and there's responsibility. And there's a trade-off there. There's a sacrifice. Freedom is freedom. It's amazing. You can do whatever you want. You can get up when you want. You can do what you want. But with that, becomes a lack of meaning responsibility means you don't always get to do what you want 
but there's some meaning in your life. Mm. Simple thing like you were Alfie with the dog. It's changed your life. You There's certain things you can no longer do that you would have done before Alfie, but you have a purpose and there's something else mm. at play here. And that's the trade-off. And I think meaning surpasses freedom as you get older. Mm. And in general, it is always better to have meaning than freedom, I it, think. Yeah, mate, that's such a good point. But I, like w when I was single and independent, as mm. it were, I remember going out with this girl and she said, um, I don't need a man, I'm an independent woman. Mm -hmm. Was this Destiny's Child? Uh, sorry, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't sassy, uh, but she's like, I don't need, <laughs> I don't need a man. I'm, um, I'm an independent woman, and I said, um, okay, so you don't, you don't need me. No, I don't need you, but I choose to be with you. I was like, right, okay, but it was, it was the attitude that, like, mm. no, I, I want codependency. I want interdependency. Mm. I think is with the right terminology. I, I want someone to depend on someone they to depend on me. That's mm. a nice feeling. And and also with Alfie, yes, he is an animal, but you know, it is nice to love something and look after something. And you see I'm seeing him physically grow. Mm. You feed him and you see him sleeping. Just looking at him sleeping. Doug, if I had if I had my way, I'd love I'd love like four kids or something. Mm. I would really love that because um as you said, when you're when you're we have that or well when you're single let's say you can sleep eight hours a night and you can do mm. what you want but and you maybe some people are happy doing that but f purpose is so important in life and i think like to live for someone else is very rewarding but mm. it's really hard to find that person well yeah that's what i'm finding being single again too i'm like it's probably the first time in my life where i've gone like i think maybe we mentioned this last time Previous times in my life, I've become single. I'm like, yes, single again. Back on the town, riding solo. I got Jason Derulo playing in the background. Jason Derulo. You know, as I walk with a strut on my step, <laughs> smiling at girls. Like, now is the first time I've been like, oh, single again. God damn it. Mm. This is, and mm. it's changed that because I was like, oh, God, I want something different now, which is good. But like I said, I'm a little bit late to the party. I get it. A lot of a lot of people have been saying this for a long time. Like, in terms what do you mean, of, you're too old? Not that I'm too old, but it's a lot. It's a strange, I do feel like I'm quite old to be learning that lesson that actually, because uh, at my heart, they, I have a hard time letting people in. Mm -hmm. okay, um, yeah, I have a hard time, like you were saying about the interdependence. Mm. I'm scared to let people depend on me because my life has been so, what is the word, fickle. Like I've done one job, then I've moved job, and then I've oh, gone yeah. to stunts, and then we fly to Iceland for three months, and like I'm like, I... I feel bad to let anyone depend on me because mm -hmm. I don't want them to be hurt. Yeah. You know? And then you realize like, that's, that's part of it. You got to let people in. Mm. And for the longest time, I think I've struggled. And this time alone has kind of given me that insight to go, okay, you know, you can't have it both ways. Mm. You can't invite someone in, but don't let them in the whole way. Yeah. So, yeah. Lessons. It, 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 it's tough to find someone because, um, oh, and even the word saying the word find you mean, if you think if you go out looking, you, you won't. Um, I know it, we're, we're like Rachel, and, and I hope you remember saying this, but like when I met Rachel, one of the first things she said to me was, um, I said, oh, what are you doing later? And she said, uh, oh, I'm going to this course. I said, what's the course for? Well, the course is a um, sign language course mm -hmm. to learn how to, to communicate with deaf people. And I said, oh, do you have anyone in your family that's deaf? She said, no, no, I just think that um, it's important to learn how to communicate with people who 
can't communicate with hearing able people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm, I'm in love. I was like, <laughs> you are such a nice person. Yeah. That is one of the kindest things you could do to just consider people who are hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I and I realized that um, when I, like I did the whole online dating thing and it pretty much came like a, a metrics, what do people look like, how tall am I and all of this stuff. And it's, and it's um, it can work for some people, but for me, I, I'm looking, my main thing with a partner is that, um, I say partner, do you notice that Doug? That's a mm. girlfriend. Cause I'm, 30, I'm really 38 and I'm thinking, you know, what age do you stop saying girlfriend? I like girlfriend. Do you say f- girlfriend when you're know. 50? The only thing is partner always makes me think someone's uh, gay. Bus- or business partner. <laughs> yeah, like it's confusing. I think it actually makes it more confusing. Say yeah. Maybe I'll say partner and just keep it open so they don't know yeah. well, yeah. going to turn up. You're more than welcome yeah. to that, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but when I, when, I was, when I was thinking about like a partner, if someone's to ask me, I would say someone who's kind. Mm. That is like such a... Um, yeah, it's a superpower these days, like because we've become very selfish. Mm. Like we've been rewarded as society for being selfish. I used to, I, what's crazy, right? I can remember about 10 years ago, I remember saying I would be looking when I was deciding if I want to date this girl or not, I would check her Facebook out. And if there was a lot of selfies, I'd be like, mm, that's a red flag, I'm out. Good luck nowadays. Mm. Good luck finding non-selfies, even on my page. Mm. You know, It's become a norm thing before we were like you had to be pretty narcissistic to do selfies right mm-hmm. the metrics have changed mm. you know and i agree with you i think you know the personality traits if you're thinking about long term this is you know it's how myopic you are like where where are you looking mm. short term looks are great uh, that'll that'll be amazing you'll impress your friends you'll look great in photos together mm. but in terms of lifestyle maybe not the best yeah. again long time for me to learn this but 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 also um you mentioned about lifestyle like that you have similar principles together as well mm-hmm. like let's say like you both really your family people or you know what uh, what i think things like running together or doing yoga together it makes a huge, huge difference. difference just in terms of how do you spend your days yeah for sure and then if you say like that's one of the great things about um if you meet someone say through yoga is that you are you tend to like look after yourself so you eat the same things or and and i think that that is stuff that you can't really measure on uh on an app mm. you know uh, yeah i think the technology is not quite there yet mm. to, to make good matches you know mm. like i said I, one of my good friends girlfriends from tinder mm. and they both models and i was like i didn't think that this this happened. Mm. Um, Kev, I'm just aware of time. How long to oh, yeah. get to the... Uh, oh, mate, it's 10 past 11. Should we, uh, we should wrap go this at, up? Which is a shame because I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, I always there. love this. Uh, we we, 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 um, we me- meandered a little bit. Well, that's all good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Doug, any, any final thoughts, sir? Any final thoughts? It's always good to be here. I've been quite happy being back in Dublin. It's a great place. like the community here. Mm. Uh, I'm back next week, next month, I think. Uh, I just got asked yesterday. Nice one. So 15th, I'm doing um, some more workshops at Hard Yoga Dundrum. So mm. if you'd like to come join, please do. Nice. It'll be good to see you there. Mate, mate, I had all these notes here, but that was fantastic. Right. Um, check out Doug. Check, check me him out, out right now. Here you <laughs> check uh-huh. What you like, what you see. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mate, that was brilliant. Let's, uh, let's go to the airport. All right, great. Can we have a laugh track to finish it? Oh, yeah. Anyway, good times, guys. Thanks so much. <laughs> Wait, I, mean, I, think I would a, do that I for days. A, I think was it? I think there's an applause. No, it's cricket. That was crickets. That was you crickets. found crickets. Yeah. No.
Nope. Oh, that's a good one too. Right, this needs to come into play far more. All right, sorry about this. You're listening. <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking for again? Well, applause. It must be that one. It's the only one you're not hit. Amazing. No applause. applause. Maybe that. Maybe that one. All no, right, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> this must be awful to listen to. This is like going through all the filters on Snapchat, but the auditory <laughs> version. Or you know when someone is like changing their ringtone, they're like, just oh, pick a bloody yeah. ringtone. On a train to you, like, are you a Spanish couple, by the way, on the way here, watching like their favorite Spanish program, the family in the row on the iPad, no earphones. Mm, yeah. I was like, <laughs> you can see other, other people on there going. She was like, get yeah, everyone going like, are you, you can't be serious. This yeah. can't be okay where you're from That's either. It's a family though. What can you do? You can't, I mean, I didn't, I laughed a lot, but yeah. I did that look to let people know I was also appalled. Yeah, <laughs> you did the look. I'm with you guys. Yes. I'm not going to say anything, but I will be appalled. <laughs> yeah, great, mate. Um, pleasure. Yeah. Good times. Next time. See you then. See you then. <laughs> I'm pleased to say I have two more podcasts recorded that are in the can of the tin and the well there's no actual tin but they're in the hardware i have here and they're going to be going out in the next couple of weeks and then those podcasts i did ask the questions that you guys sent in so it's getting a lot more interactive because you're asking such brilliant questions and uh, i'll try my best to do better as always thank you so much for listening please feel free to leave a review share with friends Get in touch with myself or Rachel if you'd like to come to our retreat or any event we're going to be doing. All information is on kevinboyleyoga.ie. Have a powerful week. Catch up with you next week.